What's up, everybody? This is Daryl Austin, the CEO of Bungie Ablicheni, and you are listening to Lauren Ree Live on Water Ice Radio. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Lauren Ree, right here on Water Ice Radio, and it's the Lauren Ree Live show, everybody, and we are back with another amazing episode and guest. It's like alumni. I know, right? <laughs> Jay, what's up? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good week. Good weekend. A lot of things coming up. Very excited for this interview. As I said just now, it's an alum from Lauren Live yeah, early yeah, days. For sure. Um, I thought it was a good idea to bring him back because a lot's happened to him and a his lot. company, which a is lot. amazing. And I feel like I think it's a good time to kind of do like a retrospect in a sense. It is. So let's pay some bills first, right? Yes, let's do it. So shout out to Brooklyn Bull. We're here right now, right, in this beautiful space that they have allowed us to come in. They're part of the family now, so shout out to them. Yep. Um, and just make sure you guys come down here. It's a lot of shows, bowling. Mm-hmm. The food is great. A lot of events going a lot on, of especially events. in the fall. There's a lot still going yeah, on. Yeah, so make sure you guys come down here and check out Brooklyn Bull and tell them that Lauren and Jay from What I Sent You. Yeah. All right, everybody. So let's get started in this interview again. And like Jay said, it's like an alum. Yeah. And I appreciate these episodes because it's like a full circle moment. I think right? for the season, he uh, he's the only alum that we had. I think so. Yeah, he is actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it. So there we go. Yeah. We started with there. But it's a full circle moment because he actually came on the show when we kind of, not when we first started, but, but early, early very stages. Very early stage around 2018, maybe. It was. Yeah, it was 2018. We might have to give like them a, a flashback. Clip in the episode <laughs> when sure. it releases. But everyone, please welcome Daryl Austin to the show. He is the creator, the founder, and the owner of Bungie Brand Sneakers. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm How great. You? Welcome back. I should Thank say that. Thank you for having me back. Good, good, good. So, um, you came in 2018 and you were like really kind of, I don't want to say kinda just getting, starting. I wasn't just starting, but I was like really in the early stages. Right, early stages Definitely. doing media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was excited to have you on because I'm a huge sneakerhead. And I remember my brother telling me actually about your brand. He's like, you got to have this guy on your show. He's from Philly. He has his own sneaker. I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah. So we had you on. It was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to run it back for some people okay. who don't know about your brand. So let's start there. Talk about how you started Bungie Brand. Um, I started Bungie Brand because I used to be a rap artist. I got in trouble. I went to prison. And then once I went to prison, I had to make a couple changes in my life. And um, I decided after talking to my mother that it would be a good idea for me to try to create my own business from behind bars. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at that point, that's when I taught myself how to draw. I ended up drawing a couple sneakers for the first time, which I never did before. And the sneakers looked really, really good. And I thought I was going to create a business just sketching shoes. Mm. But then later on, it came to the point where I ended up sketching my own. Right. And then I came home from prison. I just started cutting hair, trying to save money to be Mm. able to get my brand going. I ended up getting a couple of samples and then kind of took, took off, off from there, right? Was, 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 was sneakers always like a big part of like uh, your image, your your personality, what you liked? Was that something that you were always looking for, like to do? For me, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was just something that was a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I used to be a rap artist, my management team used to tell me like, you're supposed to be able to walk into a room and command the room without saying a word. Right. And for me, that always meant I need to make sure that I have something on that's going to grab people's attention. Sure. Right. And I automatically knew at a young age that if I walk around with the average sneakers, like, you know, Jordans or something like that, that everyone else has, I'm not going to look any different right. when I come walking in the room. But now, you know, or as I started to grow, I started to see, oh, if I have these and they're not really something that people are used to seeing, then I get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And the conversation always goes to my feet. So when I was incarcerated, I had just opened up a sneaker store on South Street called Sneaker Freaks Boutique. It was a customized sneaker store. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I got arrested probably like three months after I opened the store. Wow. So sneakers was fresh on my mind when I was incarcerated. So that was one of the first things I decided to do. Because you answered my question. I was, but that's what I was going to ask you. Is like, um, you're incarcerated and you're like, all right, so what's next, basically? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in here forever, so what's going to happen when I get out? Um, and I was going to ask, like, why was it sneakers? Um, because what you just said, you had yeah. you had a sneaker store already. Um, but did I hear you right when you said you taught yourself how to draw? Mm-hmm. So you had you weren't like an artist before. No, I, and I don't want to get super crazy, but um, after I got off the phone with my mom, I prayed, mm-hmm. and I was like, please just show me a, show me which way I need to go right uh-huh. now. And I've never been really the the most religious person, but mm-hmm. I did that day. And I woke up after, you know, I took a nap or whatever. I woke up and something told me to to pick up a pencil and start sketching. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, that very first sketch that's hanging up on my office wall right now 
it looks like a real shoe. And it was the first time that I ever sketched anything. Wow. wow. That's so that's great. why I knew that this was supposed to be where I was supposed to be that. at. So huh. you, you come out, you start, um, you have your first sketch of your shoe. Kind of talk us through the like the process. It's not like, okay, I make a sketch and I you just found somebody to um to design a shoe for you or what's kind of the process? The steps, because yeah. well, I'm sure it's a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, what's crazy. I could tell you like um a lot of the things that I faced because you know, in the beginning I had no idea what I was doing. I never right. did it before. So when I came home I have all these sketches and I'm like, okay, who can I get to be able to make this shoe? And let me remind you, I didn't have any finances. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm reaching out to like I don't know if you guys remember a sneaker company called Brooks. Yeah, I, I do. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brooks is like over here somewhere. I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was kind of close to it, you know, for me to be able to reach them. Sure. And I remember reaching out to them. And I'm like, yo, is there any kind of way that you guys can like mm-hmm. make my shoe? And I, at the time, I didn't realize that sneaker companies aren't the manufacturers. Right. So I'm reaching out to sneaker companies, asking them if they can design my shoe for kind me. Kind of basically like you call, you like you calling Nike and like, hey, can you yeah. make this shoe for <laughs> yeah. me? And they like, that's not so, how it and, works. And, 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 yeah, exactly. And it's almost like, you know, you go into a car or calling a car dealership, like, can you make me a car? Right. right. So it's like, they were like, no, you got to get a factory and blah, blah, blah. So I, then I started to do research on how to find manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And then once I started to find manufacturers, um, I just started to email people, and I and again I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just emailing people randomly. Like, is there a way that you can, you know, manufacture my shoe? I have my artwork, and then they would hit me back, and they'd be like, yeah, you know, send the artwork. But I had no idea what a tech pack was. I had no idea what gotta anything. Got to make a sample. Like, I didn't even know the parts of a shoe. Right. Like you know, there's parts of a shoe that Mid-sole, we don't know. All we, that. Yeah. yeah. We don't. We don't call it. We just call it a sole. Right. You know, we don't. We don't know what a vamp is. Right. And, and stuff like that. And eyelids and stuff the technical, like that. The technical yeah, I didn't aspects, know any yeah. of that stuff. So all I had was a sketch. And then I would send the sketch over. And then when they would send me my sneakers back, it just didn't look like a sneaker. Like, mm. it, it, like it looked like a sneaker, but it didn't look like the ones that we're used to seeing. Right. Mm. Because they were using cheap materials. Mm-hmm. They were using all the wrong stuff for what it was that I was looking for. So then that propelled you to get into, like, the nuts and bolts of it. Like, oh, we have to pick the right materials. It no, to fi- it, it not, not I was, click I was yet dumb. then? I was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't mean to use that word. No, you're fine. I, I, I was very naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I started to see it, I was so overly consumed with this is something that I created on a piece of paper sure. and I have it in my hand. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I didn't care about the, the quality at the you're time. You're like, you made it. I yeah, made it. <laughs> I have a shoe. I'm walking around with my own shoe. Right. I right. sketched this. I'm walking around with it, and that's all that I cared about. And at the time, you know, again, my budget was very small. So it was like I didn't have the money to be able to get, you know, the help that I needed to be able to do it. And um, that's around the time that I met you guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it was like I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I thought I did, but it wasn't until um, – you know, I ended up getting my first order back, which was around the time that you guys came around. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the shoes, and I'm looking at them, and I knew that they weren't, like, the quality that I was used to, but it was my baby. Right. You know right. what I mean? And and that's kind of how I was looking at it. And it wasn't until I started to introduce my brand to people, and they, I started to see what they were saying. Right. And but that's you when be- I decided to go. But I remember in our interview... One thing that I remember just, like, behind the scenes about it, you believed in it. Mm. And just talk about, like, how important that is because you knew, like, all right, this may not look how I want it to look, but I have the vision and I know this is something that I can do. You really was selling a product that you believed in. Mm. So how important is that for any entrepreneur that's out there that has a product that they know maybe not to – it's not at – the type A quality as it needs to be, but what? How it's important get is there. right? How important is it to believe in what you're actually doing? Um, it's very important because at the end of the day, I could have quit. Right. You know, once I got out there and I was trying to sell my shoes and they weren't selling, I could have just quit at that particular mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely believe that I can bring something to the sneaker culture. I believe that you know I wanted to be able to create a business that I can employ people. I wanted to be able to give people opportunities that were even in situations like mine mm-hmm. or people that just. Or, or trying to find jobs. Right. So for me, it was very important for me to be able to continue and keep going because I knew that I had something. Mm-hmm. So so when do you think the shift was? Like you had, like you just said, when you met us around like 2018, you have got your first order in, but you know you still had to make some type of modifications. When did you feel like the shift actually came in where you're like, okay, this is it. Like this is, this is about well, to take I met, off. I ended up, that's a good question. I ended up meeting Bernard Hopkins um, the boxer, Hall yeah. of Famer. Mm. And um, I ended up meeting him and I showed him my collection. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why he stuck around to help me out was because I was formerly incarcerated, just like how he was. Mm-hmm. And 
he didn't like my shoes. Mm -hmm. And he told me flat out, quality wasn't there. I don't like them. I'm never going to wear this. Mm -hmm. So one day he calls me up and he says, what are you doing today? And I was like, uh, I'm working. I'm trying to get my hustle on. And he was like, I need to come pick you up. So he picked me up, took me to Neiman Marcus, took me to Saks Fifth Ave. And he was like, this is where you need to be. Right. Like, this is the level that you need to be on in order for you to survive in this business. Right. And at that particular moment, I knew right away just by looking at those shoes that yeah. I wasn't ready yet. And mm -hmm. when we got done that conversation, I knew mentally where I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to get there. Okay. And the reason why I didn't know how to get there is because there's, you know, millions of factories that are out there, but they all don't have the same quality as a Neiman Marcus Saks Correct. Fifth Ave. Absolutely. Shoe. So, you know, I had to basically do years worth of research to be able to find the right factory to even be able to get my sneakers manufactured right. on that level. I mean, because there's a lot that goes into those brands of shoes as, as far as quality. You're talking about mm -hmm. the fabrics, the suede, the leathers, the soles, the like, like, how does that come about when you're seeing, when you're going with Bernard, looking at these shoes, and then you're starting to calculate that, like, all right, I need to switch it up. I need to put this on this. Like, is that something that's like in your head or do you have to draw it out or? Well, I would love to take credit for that. <laughs> um, but it was just a coincidence that um, I ended up meeting someone named Rob Hervey. And Rob Hervey, he is an amazing guy. He's an executive uh, in the sneaker culture. And, you know, he's worked for pretty much every sneaker company out there from Reebok, Adidas, and one. Mm -hmm. And he was the guy that was the one that was getting everything done with the factory. So he okay. lived in China for a couple of years. Right. He lived in Europe for a couple of years. So when I met him, um, he's the one that showed me like, look, this is what a tech pack is. Mm -hmm. And he sat me down and he showed me like, you know, you want to have this part, this part, and this part labeled. You want to go out and do your research on these materials and then you let them know what materials that you want. Mm -hmm. So these factories will go out and they'll search for these um Materials. Fabrics materials and materials and yeah. stuff, and then they're going to give you exactly what it is that you're looking for. In the beginning, I didn't know that. Right. In the beginning, I'm thinking, that's a sneaker factory. Right. You make sneakers. Here. So if I'm coming <laughs> to you with my design, you make the sneakers. Right. right. I didn't realize that we had so much control. Like, it's control all the way from the stitching, laces, the tips of the laces. Every single thing that comes on the shoe, we're in control yeah. of it. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. I kind of just went with whatever they gave me. So that's a good place for us to pause mm -hmm. so we can segue because it now seems like the shift comes where you, you meet someone who's almost like kind of like a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, you had Bernard Hopkins tell you, like, this is where you need to be. You kind of get hooked up with the other person that's been in the sneaker industry. It's almost like you feel like you, you kind of regain your power back to kind of like, all right, we're going to have to set this off, right? Mm -hmm. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what happens after that. You start really getting into all the, you know, the ins and outs of the sneaker and when you we come back, we'll talk about when you got you, the first sneaker back where you were like, okay, this is it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, everybody, it's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here. What Ice Radio, Lauren Reed Live Show. Got my boy, Jay the Gentleman, here with me. Got Daryl Austin here with me. And we will be right back. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Reed, from the Lauren Reed Live Show on Water Ice Radio. What's up, Jay? I'm good. Jay the Gentleman here. And uh, I'm very excited for this season. I am, everybody, because we have a new home. Yes, the new home, Brooklyn Bowl in Fishtown. Yes, you guys got to come out and check. It is a beautiful space. And more than just a concert venue, Brooklyn Bowl's 12 downstairs bowling lanes, Blue Ribbon Restaurant, and special event space are open Wednesday through Sunday with no cover charge. Yeah, so whether you're looking for bowling, great food, or even just live music, make Brooklyn Bowl in Fishtown your next night out destination. For full calendar of events and more information, please visit brooklynbull.com slash Philadelphia. See you there. I'll be here. All right. And we're back. Yeah. Lauren Ree Live, Water Ice Radio, Jay the Gentleman, Miss Lauren Ree. Hey, y'all. Our special guest, Daryl Alston. We got Bungie Obacheni. Yep, you got Ooh. it, you got it, you got it. He's such a show-off, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember you used to butcher it back in the day. <laughs> He's such a show-off. He's so much better than me with, like, names and stuff. I'd be like, what's the name again? What's the name? Good job, I see you. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying you're, to get better. We're all trying to get better. I think you're one of the first people that actually got it right without me correcting. <laughs> well, you know what the tip is? I listen to you say it. <laughs> That's the tip. That's but, a good um, one. That, and speaking of getting it right, you know, we're we're in the part where you you found the you you found the guy that's gonna help you in the factories know what the tech pack is, uh, the logistics, the the, the skill set, all that stuff. So, the moment that you finally put it in the shoe, that you actually designed everything to a T, you get it back. Right. What was your reaction? My reaction was, 
I, I have a shoe. <laughs> I have a legitimate shoe. A real shoe, shoe right? Like, it was like the most amazing, amazing thing for me to see. I remember I was waking up in the middle of the night to check it just to see if it was real. Yeah. You know, because I finally felt like I was on the level of where I needed to be. And I just, it was like the blink of an eye. It was mm -hmm. like for years I was hustling, you know, stuff that I wasn't really proud of. And then all of a sudden it's just, it was an amazing like, thing. But but one thing I can it. say <laughs> is the most important thing of what I experienced was having money. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't tell you guys about the investors that I ended up getting later on and stuff like that. So if it wasn't for the investors, I would have never met Rob Purvey. If it wasn't for Rob Purvey, I would have never met these manufacturers. So everything all kind of like right. lined up back to back. So right. and, that's, and that's, those, are, those are all important factors, especially with people that are listening, young entrepreneurs that are trying to start up or whatever. Um, there's there's a progress. There's a mm -hmm. process yeah. of your not only your company, not only your shoes, but your company, meeting the right people, getting money, going to the right places. And then you're then it's like, all right, now we're working. And this is what how many years in now? Oh, it was, it was like five, five right. years. in. It's not yeah. overnight. Yeah, yeah we one, one thing that one thing that I can say, and I mean, to cut you no, off, no, I you're fine, is that um, I speak to a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. And I think that for the for the youth that are coming up, they don't understand the work that goes into trying to get funding. Preach. They don't yes. understand how to communicate with people when you're trying to get funding. You know, all that cool stuff and all that stuff that you're doing, you know, in your neighborhood is not going to fly in the office or corporate building. It's yeah. not going to fly. So I try to explain that to people that, you know, I kind of was put in a really, in a really good situation, um, but I was in a real live shark tank and didn't realize mm. it. Um, I ended up meeting um, a, a guy that was an investor. Um, and as a matter of fact, I have to rewind it back. I apologize. No, I know I'm taking you guys. No, no, first. you're fine. Um, one of the shoes that we have releasing in Nima Marcus. Did I say that too fast? That's cool. We'll okay. get back to it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, it's called a 24K. Uh -huh. I actually had that sample on when I was uh, helping someone move. And a woman saw the sneakers when I was walking. And she asked me what kind of shoes they were. And, I, of course, I told them it was me. And um, very long story short, she introduced me to her husband. He was a venture capitalist. And then he asked me uh, if I can come in for a meeting to speak to one of his friends. And I had no idea that I was going to get funding. I go into this meeting. And there's probably about 13 people in this meeting. Wow. And I come in there with my sneakers thinking I'm going to talk to one person. Right. There was You're 13 people in there. Yeah. Board, right. Again, the key was communication. And I basically explained to them what my business model was, what I was trying to do, how I was trying to do it, and explained in full detail what was going on. I left out of there with a deal. Wow. Wow. And, and again, I had no idea, even as I was pitching, I had no idea that they were going to give me money to be able to get my right. business going. You're like, you thought it was just a meeting. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. so, you literally so again, like, were helping someone move, and it kind of changed the trajectory of yeah. your whole entire business. Because yep. someone just, just saw your shoe. It was just shoe. a coincidence that I had those sneakers on that day. That day. It's not a coincidence. Exactly. Right. Right. And that's what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah. So with things like that happening, I feel like even when things get hard for me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to keep fighting through it because I'm here for a reason. Right. right. You know, and things, like all the way, to, things oh. seem to happen organically because of the things that you're doing exactly so what prepared you for that meeting though because I, what i was going to say was that i think that we live in a world of such instant gratification right and every i mean don't get me wrong we learn we can learn things on the fly like we can jump on youtube and, or the internet and learn about things but there are some other core things that you have to know to be able to walk into a boardroom and not know whether you're going to be in front of one or 13 people um, willing to, to give you money. willing to give you money <laughs> right so what are some of those things that you prepared yourself behind the scenes and we're not even talking about making the sneaker we're talking about preparing you to be a businessman to pitching. be able to pitching and be able to go into those rooms so did you have someone helping you with that or is that something that you evolved to it was just i was incarcerated i was humbled by that situation mm -hmm. i was in there for a very long time and when i got out of prison the whole time that i was from the minute that i walked out the door till now i'm just appreciative to have my life back right and to get to the point, I, I wasn't prepared. I went in there just spilling my guts. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in there begging for money because right. I didn't know that they were going to give me money. But I kind of felt like I was fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I can just reach one of these people, they can guide me a certain way to be able to show me where I need to be. Have you ever had a conversation with those group of investors and anyone tell you why they decided to invest in you? I didn't, but I know that they all believed 
that I was a changed person. They believe that I can give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main things they were saying is, if we help you, will you give back? Mm-hmm. And that was no question. It was a no-brainer for me. Like, I, right. I give back in multiple ways as far as speaking to kids, as far as going to prisons and talking to inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to give back every way that I can. And, you know, for me, I think that they were more interested in that than they were what my dream was. Okay. Um, and I was very passionate about what I was saying, and I think they felt it. And nice. again, I just think that all the pieces of the puzzle were put together because I was supposed to be in that situation. Right. right. So everybody knows about me a little bit is that I'm a I'm a huge sneakerhead. I love sneakers, all, all different kinds of sneakers. Um, so it's not just all for me about the sneaker. It's also about the other things that people don't really worry about. Like I look into packaging, right? Mm. Like story. If the, the story behind it. If the, um, like I said, the packaging, the details. Um, did you have to learn all of that stuff too as well? Like, okay, how do I want it to be packaged? How do I want it to be displayed? How to present your, how, your what, product. What's going to be well, inside the box when they open it one up? One thing that's funny about you saying that is like I'm the complete opposite. Really? I'm a sneakerhead to death. Like I love all types of sneakers. I don't have one particular brand that I mm-hmm. like. I like everything. And I'm the kind of person that if I see something and I like it, I'm buying it. I don't care about a story. I don't care about any of that. Same. I want the shoes and I have a big sneaker collection. I can't wait to put them on my shelf. So for me, it was hard for me to understand people like you. Okay. So at that point, I had to figure out, like, okay, I have to introduce myself and put a story to everything that it is that I'm doing. Right. I also have to worry about packaging because I never cared about any of that. Like, this is all things that I had to learn, and I actually learned because I had an opportunity to pitch the Neiman Marcus a couple years ago. And I think that because of my packaging, that's what made it so that I couldn't get that situation. Mm, okay. So that made me have to mature a lot when it came time for the packaging and stuff. And I started to concentrate more on packaging. So, like, I think that all of the above made me understand that I needed to do things much better. I mean, I, I, I think that's touching on adapting because, like, like you said, you weren't, you didn't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that do. Absolutely. Yeah. So in order to get to the masses, you got to be able to appeal to different things that uh-huh. you may not be into. So can you talk about just like in the business how adapting to circumstances or just things that you're not used to is important to a thriving business right, for the well, consumer? I think, I think for the most part, I'm learning, regardless of all of that, it's still hard to get it on people's feet. Mm-hmm. And mm. I can give you a really good scenario. Like, let's say, for example, I know that you get your hair done. I know that you get haircuts. You have a barber that you go to. You've been dealing with this barber forever. 15 right? years. Yeah, so 15, <laughs> you said? Right. 15. All right, so you have 15 years in. If you go into the barber shop and your barber's not available, you're not getting a haircut. You're going to wait for your barber. I'll wait. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what happens is while you're in the barber shop, you're not going to any of those new barbers you never seen them before. You're not interested in them. I'm not dealing with them. I'm staying with who I've been dealing with for 15 years. Right. And then one day you may come in and you may see the new barber over there giving someone a really, really nice haircut. Mm-hmm. But you're still sticking to your barber because that's your barber. That's your guy. That's the trust that I have. Yeah. You're also right. loyal with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so that's what happens, right? So then you already see that he's putting cut after cut after cut out and you're seeing all these different people getting blessed and it's right. just as sharp as yours. Right. So one day you may go in there and you may be in a hurry yeah. and you may be like, you know what, this is my one. guy but yeah. I need you to cut me real quick. Right. Just give me a lineup and when you get that lineup, it's really, really sharp and you like what you have. Right. So now whenever each chair is open, you're going to jump in each one. Right. Departing on what it is. I compare that to sneaker world. Yeah. Mm. It's like, you know what kind of brand you wear. Both of you guys have Nikes on so apparently you trust Nike. Right. If I come walking in the room with my brand, you're going to be like, oh, I never saw that before. It doesn't look like anything you've ever, ever seen before. Right. So now you're going to have to want to see someone else wearing it. You want to see how someone else is putting it together. Right. You're yeah. going to want to investigate more. Like right now, what's Nike's story for you to want to wear Nikes? You understand what I'm saying? At this mm-hmm. point. So it's like that right. stuff doesn't really matter. You trust that brand. Right. right. And like trying to get that trust from people is difficult because no one wants to leave that barber chair. Right. You understand what I'm saying? That's what a lot of things. That's absolutely correct. But I, I, I'm kind of like you, though. Like, if I see something, I'm like, what? What? Like, I'm not like, what are those? I'm like, what are those? Like, mm-hmm. I want to know where'd you get them from. Yeah. Because I, I like, if I see something, I'll buy it. Like, yeah. it looks cool. I don't care what the brand is. Mm-hmm. But there are, for the majority, there are people that are just like, they just trust their one brand. They stick to, yeah, they're they stick to creatures it. Creatures of habit. They're creatures yeah. of habit. And see, I'm the total opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes time for, like, even in my sneaker collection, you won't see more than one right. sneaker. Like, I have to have a, a difference of everything. If I already have Air Force Ones, I'm not buying another pair of right. Air Force Ones. 
If I have Air Max, any of that, I'm not buying two of that. Like, I just get one of each mm-hmm. thing that I like. And, you know, again, everyone doesn't think like me, but where my problem came in at was I thought people thought like me. Right. Mm. So it's like if I go into a store, I can scan the room real quick and I can see which ones grab my attention. I'm going to that, I'm buying it, and I'm leaving. Right. I don't need to look at it and be like, let me Google search what this brand is, the who the CEO right. is. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. If the shoes look good, I'm going to buy them. But again, it's been a learning process for me because I didn't realize that that many people care. Like, even with my social media, yeah. people have been giving me so much more love because I'm explaining to them what it is that I'm doing, how I'm doing it. This is, you know, what the factory did. This is what they sent me. This is the material. Like, when I'm showing people stuff, it's giving them more insight as insight to what it is that I'm doing. And inadvertently, you're, te- you're pretty much put it on game for people that wasn't given it to you absolutely that and too. that's why people are like that oh, too. that's a great segue because what i wanted to talk about was like because again like i'm emerging myself kind of like in the sneaker the sneaker world and a lot of people are developing their own sneaker right mm-hmm. um and you know i won't put like names out there but there is a lot of like back and forth like mm-hmm. it's not enough room in this game for everybody to kind of eat, right? And we talk about this all the time about, you know, the kind of like the crabs in the barrel uh, mentality. So I'm seeing a lot of these other sneaker creators come up with um, sketches or ideas of sneakers that look a lot like sneakers that we already kind of like wear. So I just want to get what your insight is on like how to set yourself aside from everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want to support other people and their sneaker brands and stuff like that. But if your sneaker looks just like a Jordan 1 and it's something I already have, then why, like you said, why am I buying two of those, right? Um, so, nah, I know exactly where you're going. It's, that's, it's, it's a tricky question. Um, and the reason why I say it's tricky is because when you create something from scratch, mm-hmm. a lot of people may not understand it. Right. So a lot of people like to use that cheating code and go with something that people already are familiar with mm-hmm. to be able to get the attention. Yeah. And then, yeah. They, then they add their own to it. Um, the best way that I can explain it is like being in the sneaker business, I see the people that, you know, I'm friends with that. would be like, yeah, I got a sneaker coming out because they went to a live shoes dot com and then they created their own shoe. And it's like to me, that's not having a sneaker. company. That's not creating your own. Yeah, sneaker, like right? To me, it's almost equivalent to. Nowadays, you see everyone having clothing companies, mm-hmm. and they'll go, they'll grab their sweatsuit, and they'll grab their sweatshirts or whatever, and then they stamp the name on it. To me, that's not a clothing brand. Like, a clothing brand is you sketching everything from the very beginning. Like cut and sew. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just a different thing. So I feel like the people that are doing their live shoes and all that kind of stuff, it's equivalent to people grabbing wholesale shirts and just stamping their name on it. It's mm-hmm. two different things. And then also, at first, I used to get worried about seeing all the independent sneaker companies that are out there, mm-hmm. um, depending on who they were, like how you are saying it, just anyone can get a shoe. Right. Um, I used to worry about that, but I don't anymore. The reason why is because they're not on the same level as me. And, and I'm not trying to sound cocky about it, but, like, we have a full business. It's not okay. like I'm in my living room doing something and throwing my name on it and saying that I have a brand. It's totally different. Right. No, you having something manufactured, something mm-hmm. being Workshop. imported and stuff like that. Yeah. And coming in, you're feeling touching. You're not basically like kind of like Nike ID. That's almost like yeah. what it really is. And yeah. you can just kind of like color design and put your brand name on it and all the other stuff like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your, your insight on that because I see so many conversations about, oh, that, that, that looked just like a Nike sneaker. Or even with like Kanye recently, like Adidas, he's saying that Adidas kind of took mm-hmm. the mock of, a sh- of, of one of his shoes and stuff like that and kind of went with it. And it's kind of just seeing, it feels like everyone's just kind of copying off of each other um, to kind of get people in the shoe. Yeah, I think like, and, and that's a, a touchy subject too. I don't ever want to um, say anything negative about Kanye because I do like look up to his business model. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I was confused with about that particular statement was that he borrowed stuff from people too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and then even when he first went to Adidas, his first Adidas shoe was an old Adidas sneaker that he put his name on. Okay. So it's like I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like if you Google search his first Adidas sneaker with them. Mm-hmm. It was like a tennis shoe that was already out. I had it back when I was a kid. Kind of like a Stan Smith kind yeah, of thing yeah, situation. Yeah. Okay. So it's like I've already, we are, that was already out. You borrowed that. So it's like Adidas is doing the same thing now. And, and you know, to me, 
you know, it happens. You know, like I put sneakers out sometimes and I know that like different designers are following me and then they'll give it to Nike. So it's just all part mm. of the game. It's, it's really nothing that you're going to be able to do about it. And right. then a lot of times, um, you know, like with me, since I'm a small business, I can't get my shoes done that fast. So if another company jacks my stuff, they can just get it right in the Within production and get it right out. Yeah. yeah, for me, I have to do a lot of other things to get mm-hmm. to that point. Right. So a lot of times, again, it's just easier for people to go with something that's already done because it's already familiar to the people. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations where I created a shoe from scratch and I put it out and people are like, what are those? What are those? What are those? Like what you were saying, mm. because they don't understand. Right. And people aren't willing to take risk. Correct. So it's like, you know, you always want to try to like they play safe. take bits and pieces of mm-hmm. something that's already familiar. Th- yeah. And then you add your own thing. I mean, I don't technically do that. I have done it before. Okay. But I do have my own like silhouettes that's just completely mm-hmm. made up by me. But again, those are the ones that aren't really selling that much because people aren't used to seeing Used to see them. People usually buy what they're most what they're comfortable with. with. Yeah. 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 So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all of the amazing things that have been happening um, in your life right now. I've seen your sneakers on some very high-stakes celebrities, right? High profile. Uh, Very high profile. Um, And we're going to talk about some other things you have coming on. Like you mentioned a little bit earlier, your... No, 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 it's cool. It's a nice teaser. Right, it is, right? Your partnership with Neiman Marcus. So when we come right back, we'll talk about that. We have Daryl Austin here, everyone. Jada Gentleman, the whole Water Ice crew is here. We will be right back. We are back, everyone. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, right here at Water Ice Radio on the Lauren Ree Live Show. And we have Daryl Austin here in the building. He is the owner and the creator of, I say bungee brand, but Jay says bungee. Obacheni. Obacheni. Okay. He, <laughs> I got it. Right. You got to get it right, <laughs> right? right? As long as we get it right. Um, Actually, before we, what does Obacheni mean? Like, what, what is that? What does it that mean? is another word, or it's a synonym for apparel. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So great conversation, definitely giving us a lot of gems about being in the business and different things that you had to learn. Um, but again, this is like a full circle moment. And we, I, the first time I was like, oh, I know this person. I saw you on the Nick Cannon show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had your sneakers on as well. Mm-hmm. And so how did that kind of come about? Because we see Nick Ch- Cannon. We also saw I mean, that was national TV, <laughs> national TV show. Right. <laughs> and also it was um, Keenan. Yeah, Ken, when he got his start, his star, uh, Hollywood fame. Star, yeah. Hollywood yeah. fame. That so was recently. Yeah, that was you, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, how are you getting these sneakers on these high-profile celebrities? Well, each situation was a different situation. Okay. And again, when I tell you this stuff, it's going to be like, come on, man. And that's the reason why, again, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. Right. Uh, the Nick Cannon situation happened because of a relationship that my publicist has with Fox 29. Oh, okay. And Nick Cannon was like just getting his own show, mm-hmm. and Fox 29 wanted to do a surprise for him, Fox 29 Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So they they ended up reaching out to my publicist and they were asking him if I'd be interested in doing a, cu- a customized sneaker for Nick. And um, I don't do custom sneakers anymore. So oh, okay. as soon as he called me, I immediately was like, no, I'm not doing a custom shoe. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, but it's for Nick Cannon. I was like, okay, so what do you want me to put on this so shoe? What? <laughs> <laughs> do you want diamonds? What size? Yeah. Right. yeah, so I ended up, um, after I found out that we were going to actually do it, I teamed up with a guy named Kyle. Uh, he's one of my old friends that he does a lot of um, customized works. So I teamed up with him. We ended up doing like a lot of creative stuff for this Nick Cannon shoe. And one of the things that uh, my publicist linked up for me was if I do the custom shoe, I can personally give it to Nick Cannon live wow. on air. So we ended up doing the sneakers. We put like this big red bow around it. You can look it up to us mm-hmm. on 529. Mm-hmm. And um, we went up and he came on. We gave him the sneakers and he loved them. And then after the uh, segment was over, he walked backstage with us and I started giving him the other shoes that we had. And he just loved everything that I had. And wow. he was just like, yo, like, what's your phone number? And I'm like, come on, man. You're not going to call me, dog. Like, why do you want my <laughs> phone number? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm serious, man. I want to put you on my show. And I was like, you sound like Varnell Hill right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know everyone knows who Varnell yes, Hill is. Yes, Martin. <laughs> and I said that to him. He, started, he busted out laughing like, come on, man. You going to play me like that? I was like, yeah, you sound like Varnell Hill right now. If you were in L.A., you'd be on my show. So right. anyway, um, I ended up giving him my phone number. And within... 15 minutes of me giving him my number, he shoots me a text message, and he's like, listen, this is Nick. Save my number. Um, I'm going to have someone from my team reach out to you. So I'm like, damn, he really hit me up. Wow, that's and then, Were you like, still skeptical? Even yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, when it's too good to be true, it's <laughs> right. usually too good to right. be true. And I'm like, this guy doesn't have anything in common with me, so why is he going to call me? So anyway, he ended up um, getting someone from his team to call me like 20 minutes after that. 
And they were like, look, you know, this, I want to say this was like a Thursday or something like that. They were like, can you come to New York on, on Monday? Because Nick wants to interview you on Monday. Wow. I was like, what? Like a couple of days from now? And they were okay. like, yeah. Like we went, and then the following week, we were launching in Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, do I have it wrong? I think we were launching in Foot Locker that Saturday, and then we did Nick Cannon on that Monday. Wow. So that's what it was. Yeah. That's it was like a Thursday. When that's I did, a great segue yeah, on exactly the show. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So Thursday, we did the, the Nick Cannon interview with Fox 29. Foot Locker was on Saturday, and then I went to New York and I did the Nick Cannon show on Monday. Wow. And I have to tell you, out of all the celebrities that I met, like he treated me like royalty. He treated me like I was a celebrity, and he was just trying to get linked up with me. Wow. Like, he, he treated me really, really good. So That's I had, had a, lot, a lot of fun with Nick. How was it on, like being on the show? It was incredible to me. I remember when I, I posted a video of some behind-the-scenes footage, and I didn't realize it as I was doing it, but you could look at my eyes, and I was just kind of like, like, oh, my God, I'm here. I'm here. Like, this is crazy. And it was just, you know, again, like, they treated me like I was a superstar. Like, I was backstage getting makeup and all kind of stuff put on me, and they were letting me control the stage so I can put whatever shoes that I wanted out, to front. Like that, yeah, yeah they, they gave me free reign to do what I needed to do. That's dope. And the one thing that I thought was funny was that they basically – like, didn't give me a script, but they kind of told me what the questions were going to be. Right. Of course, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was prepared. I'm, I'm ready to go. Nick comes out. He didn't ask none of me. Right. <laughs> I was prepared for this for right. the last two days, and then they were in, they were even asking me these questions backstage. Right. Like, Yo, are you ready? To warm He's up. Gonna yeah. Ask this. How are you going to answer? He asked not yeah. one. Not one question. <laughs> wow. Every single question that he asked me was the total opposite Something of what different. they said. But so, you you've been prepared though. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I mean, my up. my uh, interview st- style has like stepped up from the last time I saw you guys. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of little things that I didn't know and I used to ramble on a lot. I'd be talking for 10 minutes, not giving you it's guys enough because you're passionate shit. about it. No, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, and, and, and not only that, I just want people to know everything mm-hmm. because it's like I want to be fully transparent. Like if you ask me a question, I don't want to give you half the, the answer right. for you to have to ask me another Get question about yeah. that question. So, you know, that's pretty much what I had to learn. Like, you know, as far as like everything in the business, I had to learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to do interviews. Yeah. I had to learn how to talk to people, to let people know my story. Yeah. And I had to learn how to, to give back. It's soft you know? skills that you had to have within your repertoire. Absolutely. Um, so my question, like, will, you have all this momentum. I mean, wait, the, we didn't. Did we talk about Keenan though? No, I was gonna say with Keenan. Oh, okay. Like with Keenan, how did how did how did that come up with? That situation was crazy too. I ended up um, having some issues. It's, it's a little story. Just give me like a minute. No, or two. Yeah. go ahead. Right, we want to so know. <laughs> I was having issues with marketing for our brand. I was in the barbershop talking about it, and a friend of mine was like, "You need to check out." these dudes called Support Black Colleges. They were on some podcast called Earn Your Leisure. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I'm like, all right. So he sends me the link because he knew I wasn't going to look it up because we were just talking. He <laughs> sent me the link. And I looked at it and I was so impressed with the interview that I was like, man, like, this is what I should be doing. Like, these dudes are it. Like, this is, is it. This is it. Mm. So I want to say probably about a month later, I had the opportunity to go to the BET Awards. So I ended up going out to L.A., and Rob Purvey, the guy I told you about this, yeah. introduced right. me to Sneaker World. He lives in L.A. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to link up with him. So as I'm driving over to his house, I hear something on the radio saying, if you guys are, you know, in the area where House of BET is, go over there because Earn Your Leisure and Million Dollars Worth of Game was going to be there. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I was locked up with Wallow. Mm-hmm. Like, Wallow was on my block. So okay. I knew Wallow. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I want to meet the Earn Your Leisure guys because them dudes, are they were They're official. everything, yeah. So I ended up going to the House of uh BT, yeah, and they were there. And when I tell you I stalked these dudes, that's that's an <laughs> understatement for what I did. Um, they were up there talking to Nene Leakes or interviewing Nene Leakes, uh, Atlanta Housewives. Yeah. And as soon as the interview was over, I dashed straight to the stage. And I snatched up Troy, which is one mm-hmm. of the guys from Earn Your Leisure, but he was, like, preoccupied, so I couldn't really get to him like I wanted to. And Rashad was walking around the other end, and my boy, uh, you know, Rob was over there, and he snatched Troy, I mean, Rob up. Uh, Rashada. Rashada. Long story short, we didn't get either one of them. Okay. We found out where they were exiting, so we ran out the door and we ran all the way around the other side of the building to wait for them to get outside. When they got outside, I gave my little 15 second elevator pitch. Yep. Gave my phone number and I was like, I hope you guys call me, man. And they ended up calling me like literally like the next day and was like, Yo, can you come to New York tomorrow? Like it was just that quick. So wow. I ended up doing Earn Your Leisure. Yeah. And when I did Earn Your Leisure, the interview went so well, and it did really well on their podcast yeah. as well, mm-hmm. that um, it got the attention of a lot of celebrities. And 
what happened was I, I think one of the Earn Your Leisure guys, like not like the, the, the faces of it, but behind the behind scenes, the scenes. Like he's, a, he's a stylist. Okay. okay. So he was styling Keenan for wow. that event. Wow. And he called me and was like, yo, I love your shoes. I loved your story. I want to put your sneakers on Keenan. So I'm like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended Absolutely. up giving the sneakers to him. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to meet him. Mm. Um, I did, hit, you know, hit him up on social media and stuff. Um, but you know he looked good in the shoes. Yeah, it was a really it's good great. look for us. And I mean, it's a great, it it's a great uh, event for him to wear the shoes. Right, yeah, everybody wants to see it. Fame, right. right, and he just hosted the Emmy, so it was like. And then what was crazy too? He did a video where he was so excited about you know the Walk of Fame. He jumped in the pool, but he made sure he took his shoes. His off. shoes <laughs> off. He did that. I <laughs> he did didn't see have that. Shoes on. I did see that. Yeah. So being on Earn Your Leisure is huge. If no one knows about their podcast, it's definitely one of the podcasts that I listen to. To model myself off of as well and but they talk a lot about business entrepreneurs and investments and different things of that nature um and how is it important to be able to go on these platforms and kind of be able to like give these free gems because a lot of people feel like they can't give them because, or they gatekeep, or, or they gatekeep yeah, they them nobody, like no competition what or, keeps you you know saying hey this for, is free for for y'all too yeah for me i want to share because I think that it will help us all grow as a community. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that I'm realizing now, like since I've been doing business with my investors, they're all different races. Mm. And when I'm looking at other races, they all stick together. I feel like we're the only race that doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen stuff where there could be a, something that we're doing business-wise where I'm going to pay some someone something. Mm -hmm. And then they'll honestly tell me, I don't think I'm the one for the job. I'm going to pass this off to my friend because he does much better than me. Mm -hmm. And then they'll take an L on that and they'll give the business to their friend. So now that their friend got that business, now when they catch something, they're going to give it back. So Absolutely. we all kind of just keep the, the, the money going amongst each other. And it's like in our communities, we don't. So I kind of feel like if I can be the face or if I can just start it, maybe it would be able to educate people to want to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, like one thing for sure is like, and I don't know where this whole jealousy thing came from with our race, but it just seems like no one wants to see anyone go past them. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and Crap it's like, bucket, right? yeah. And like, for me, it's like, I want to see someone get to that next level. Yeah. If they do bring me with you, mm -hmm. you know, like if you pass me, give me a job. Mm -hmm. If I, if you getting past me from my gems, you know? Right. Um, and I just feel like, you know, my whole career, even in the music business, People would take whatever it was that I had knowledge-wise, make away with it, and then wouldn't come back and help me. Mm. And and that's the thing that, you know, I just kind of feel like, okay, a lot of people are supporting my business. I'm going to give you these gems. You supported me to get to where I'm at right now. I'm going to give you something that's going to surpass me. And that's I mean, pretty much what it is. With all of this going on, as far as momentum, right, Nick Cannon, Earn Your Leisure, Keenan Thompson, Foot Locker. Foot Locker. locker. Yeah. Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus. How do you keep that momentum going, and does that lead into other business opportunities? Well, can we do that after break? Oh, I thought we were going to do two. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was what that was. That was our second break, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, no, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I feel like um, the one thing that, I, that, that is amazing about my journey is that everything was genuine and organic. Okay. I, didn't, I don't do anything to keep momentum going. It's just... I pray mm -hmm. and things just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. And then it's like, it'd be one opportunity that leads to another opportunity that leads mm -hmm. to another opportunity. I'm not doing anything purposely to try to keep anything going. I'm so focused with trying to make sure I get the right sneakers, mm -hmm. right. Uh, the right clothing. Every time I got any kind of shoe, I always felt like I can do it better. You know what I mean? Like I was infatuated with trying to get the best quality that I could possibly get mm -hmm. and now I feel like I'm on that level and of course that now that I'm on that level we have Neiman Marcus mm -hmm. you yep. know so it's like I just really constantly just want to be able to keep growing and keep doing certain things and like I said it just organically happens I don't purposely plan anything it just happens so, so talk a little bit about Neiman Marcus um a little bit about how it came about and then what do people have to look forward to um what what they're going to see in the stores Okay, one thing that's that's crazy about um, doing business with anyone, especially in these times, and especially when I was trying to reach out to them, is everything is all through email. So it's like you send emails out, you don't know if they're getting it, you don't know if they're ignoring mm -hmm. you. And I was sending emails out to Nima Marcus for the longest, and I didn't get any response. And I, I knew that that's where I wanted to be, but technically I wasn't ready. So I'm kind of glad that they didn't respond. Right. Because um, so, I could have blown my chance just by doing something that I wasn't prepared for. 
Um, I ended up going to a Neiman Marcus event. And that day I went in there with the brightest thing that I could possibly find. I had like a bright orange cardigan on. I had like, you know, these crazy looking sneakers on. And it was an all women event that I was invited to. And we go into this event and it just seemed like as soon as I walked up the escalator, all eyes were on me. And everyone was coming to me asking me what it was that I did for a living. And when I would tell them, they're like, you have to meet this general manager. She's a general manager at a store. You really need to meet her. She's good. You may want to talk to her. And at least five or six different people said that to me. So eventually someone made the connection and I told her about my brand, showed her photos, told her everything about what was going on with it. She loved it. And she was like, listen, you know, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity. And it happened. It was it was one of the best feelings in the world because, right. like, especially with that, I felt like all along I, I, I believe that once I actually get whatever it is that I needed brand-wise, I can show it to people and I can sell the shoe. Mm. What I'm realizing is it's not about selling the shoe. It's about building relationships with people. Absolutely. And it's about the fact that if they have love for you, then they're going to have love for your brand. And that's one thing that was, like, very difficult for me to understand until I met Nick Cannon, until mm. I met Earn Your Leisure guys. Like, those are my guys now. Um, until I met, you know, Diane from Neiman Marcus. Like, once I started to build these relationships with people, it didn't really matter what my stuff looked like. It's like, you know, we have love for you. We're going to support you. And that's kind of what I felt. Like, a lot of the shoes that are going to Neiman Marcus, they're not even here yet. Mm. They're still in production. Wow. And we have a release with them in three weeks. You know, so I did receive, um, or we did uh, get, like, one of the shoes back Ooh, yesterday. how stressful is that? It's stressful. <laughs> it's definitely stressful. Um, we did receive the 24Ks yesterday, so we have those back. Um, the ones that I have on my feet currently, they're going to be here in about two days. Um, and then the other shoes that I have, they're all getting uh, shipped out on the 30th. So it's like I'm really just hoping that, you know, <laughs> the, the, the transportation of that gets here on time. Sure. Uh -huh. um, but we have seven different new collections that's going in Neiman Marcus uh, for that first weekend. Wow. After that weekend is up, we're going to actually hold back on all the, the shoes. So basically, like, for someone like you that's a sneakerhead, mm -hmm. you may want to come out that day, see everything that we have to offer because – just one particular shoe may not come out until April of 2022. Okay, okay. You know, like, because we have them all coming in, but we're staggering the releases. Mm -hmm. So for that Saturday that we have the Neiman Marcus event, you can buy anything up there. Mm -hmm. But it could be nine months, it could be a year, it could be whatever before we release these shoes. Okay. You have to understand, we have 10 different collections coming back all within this month and, and next month. Wow. So we're not releasing all 10 at the same time. So right. all, they all have separate release sure. dates. Nice. But we're going to give the opportunity for people to buy everything that, that first day. Cool. Nice. That's what's up. So if you're a real sneakerhead and you want to have them <laughs> 10 months before everyone else, you come to the come, event, yeah, right? No yeah. pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will be right back to wrap things up with Daryl um, talking about his shoes and his amazing uh, launch at Neiman Marcus. That's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we will be right back. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, What are Ice Radio. We are back, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, What an Ice Radio. And we're about to wrap things up. This interview was so good. Another one in the books. Another Thank one you. in the books, right? <laughs> um, so, again, alumni guest on the show, Daryl, um, with Bungie Brand. And he's about to have a big launch at Neiman Marcus, and we're really excited about that. But we want everyone who may not be able to come to the launch, right? How can they find you? How can they purchase your shoes? Where do they go? Okay, follow us on Instagram at Bungie Brand, mm -hmm. B-U-N-G-E-E-B-R-A-N-D. Uh, on Facebook, we're Bungie Raymond, R-A-I-M-E-N-T, Bungie Raymond. And then our website is BungieBrand.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where you can find everything now. But the stuff that we're releasing in Neiman Marcus, we are not putting on the website until after the release. Uh, we are putting up the 24Ks today, like later on today. Okay. Um, those are going to be the only ones that are going in Neiman Marcus that are going to be on the website for now. Okay. Um, but, yeah, everything that we have that's going in Neiman Marcus will be either in the store on October 15th from 2 to 6 p.m. We're going to be at the King of Prussia Neiman Marcus, or you can get on the website after that. After that. Um, I have a quick kind of like quick hitter question. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of sneakers, I mean – you say you're a big sneakerhead. Can you give me your top three favorite sneakers of all time? Ooh. Not, 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 not any of the bungees. Oh uh, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, that's that's a uh, that's a really good question. Um, 
First of all, I have to say the Allen Iverson sneakers, the the first ones. The red okay. ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mm. love those. The questions. I, the questions. Yeah, the questions. Yeah. Okay. I actually have a I have a brand new pair that I never wore. Okay. Wow. I bought maybe a couple of years back. Is I it the red toe? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the right. red suede toe. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love those. Um, so I do have those. Um, do you guys remember a sneaker called Lottos? I do not. Wait. No. No. Yeah, Lottos. How do you spell that? L O T T O. Okay. Yeah, I, I know the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I love those. Okay. Um, what's the? I want to say. I like off white. Okay. okay. I like off white. Shout out to Virgil. Yeah. R. I. P. Which right. Which one? What off whites do you like? The um. Is it um, I like particular? the the ones that. I, the, I have a couple pair of these, but they're different styles of them. But you know the ones that look like they have like the stripes on the sole. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they yeah. Have, like the X on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like those. Those are nice. dope. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I like the variety in your pick. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. He has a good variety, not just his sneakers. Everybody. <laughs> All right, so everyone, thanks again, Daryl, for coming on to the show again. Right. No problem. I Told- always come back to you. Guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Congratulations to you guys too, man. The platform stepped up all oh, the way from when I first was here. Thank yeah, you so much. It. We so. really, really appreciate it. We love to have these, you know, three sixty moments with our with our guests uh we're really excited about your launch hopefully we'll be able to get an invite to get in there yeah. oh, right? no, you already have one, you, you, have already one? Have one. <laughs> you guys had one before i even came today. uh nice Word. nice nice so. so we will be there to check it out make sure you guys are checking this show out on all social media platforms and all streaming platforms so mm. apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify amazon. amazon youtube of course youtube right so you can get the video content mm-hmm. and then make sure you're following us on all social media platforms so that's lauren re live and also water ice radio yeah and our brand water ice unlimited the merch if you yep. want to get any of this hoodies or the, oh, the crew next we got you we got you, <laughs> yeah, we got you. we'll take care of that after after the show but uh we got that stuff coming up we got some collabs coming up um for the end of the year going into next year yeah um and we have some special things coming up too for your ig followers so take uh stay tuned for that and don't forget about Lauren Relive. We have our own brand as well called Live Real Love. Make sure you guys are checking that out as well. And we got some events coming up for you guys. We do. I'm really excited. And some giveaways. I know you guys love free stuff, so make sure you are checking us out there as well. So, all right, everybody, we are out. Again, shout out to Brooklyn Bull yep. for hosting um, the Lauren Relive show and What Are Eyes Radio. A lot of great events, so check them out as well. Yes, please, please do. So, everyone, you know how we end this show. Mm-hmm. Not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes, Sometimes they, they wear, wear headphones. headphones. Peace. Peace. Did I pause enough? <laughs>